Hey guys, welcome back to That Canadian Podcast. I'm your host and That Canadian, Sam. As you can tell by the title, this episode is about Gordon Stewart Northcott and the string of murders at the Northcott Ranch. Now, because of the contents of this episode, I need to issue a warning. So, warning, the following podcast is intended for mature audiences. It contains graphic descriptions of crime scenes, adult dialogue, and strong language. Listener discretion is advised. Now, with that out of the way, let's get started. I first found out about this string of murders or this 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 serial killer uh, from the movie The Changeling. The movie stars Angelina Jolie and honestly a, a few other good actors whose names I I can't remember right now. But it was a very well done movie. It was uh, heartbreaking and uh, just honestly, it's a really good watch. Even though I just said it was heartbreaking, um, it is a good movie and. While that movie was about a very small, well, not very small, but it was about a specific portion of the Northcott Ranch murders or the Chicken Coop murders, whatever you want to call it, um, it did teach me or bring my attention to this specific crime. Like I said, the movie is a portion of the story. So what I want to focus on today is, you know, the, the majority of the actual story, not just the little branches of stories that it that come from it. Uh, eventually, I do want to do another episode about those little branches. But this one is about the main section of the story, the main part of the story. While I was doing my research, I did find some conflicting dates and well, actually, some conflicting information. So what I'm going to be doing throughout the telling of this story, the information that I'm giving you is the best accumulation, the best collection of information that I could find. Um, Some information may be off depending on the website that you go to, but I did my best to bring it all together. Now, Gordon Northcott was born roughly November 9th, 1906. I've also read that he was born November 9th, 1908. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, But he was born in Bladworth, Saskatchewan. Now, if you don't know, Saskatchewan's in Canada. Um, And he was actually raised in British Columbia or BC, which is in Canada. It's on the West Coast. In 1924, the Northcott family moved from B.C. to Wineville, Los Angeles in the United States. Gordon was 19 years old at the time, and he was able to convince his dad to buy and run a ranch with him. From what I've read, his dad was in construction, but it was kind of like a family operation. Gordon's mom was helping, and they actually got his nephew, Sanford Clark, Gordon's nephew, Sanford Clark, who was 15 years old at the time, to come from Canada to help out at the ranch. Shortly after Sanford arrived to the ranch, uh, Gordon started sexually abusing him almost immediately. It was just not a good or safe place for Sanford. Obviously, he was very unhappy where he was. He would actually write letters to his sister, Jessie, who was still in Canada. And his letters got more and more worrying, I guess, to Jessie. The more she read, the more worried she got about her brother. I guess the way he worded things, he didn't outright say what was happening, but he wrote his letters in a way that would bring attention or seem off to families who know him, but perhaps maybe if 
I don't know if, if, if Gordon was reading Sanford's mail or not, but maybe Sanford wrote it in a way so that way if Gordon did read it, he wouldn't pick up on the subtle hints that he was giving to his sister about what was going on. As the letters seemed to be getting worse and worse and made her more worried with each one, Jessie ended up going down to visit in August of 1928, and it was then that Sanford told her that he was afraid for his life. He told her everything that was happening. He told her that Gordon murdered at least four boys, that he sexually assaulted many others, and that he would release some, but not all. And Gordon would even rent some of the boys that he kidnapped to wealthy Southern California pedophiles. And when he was done or bored or tired of them, he would shoot them or kill them with an axe in the chicken coop. The same axe that he used to kill his chickens, he would use to kill the boys. To get rid of the bodies, he would dissolve their flesh in quicklime, and he would get Sanford to dispose of their uh, the bones into the desert. He would bury them in what I'm assuming are shallow graves. And earlier, I had said that Gordon would sometimes release the, some of the boys, and if he did, he would literally just bring them home, drop them off where he picked them up, and let them go home, which is wonderful for the parents um, and, and the kids because they get to, you know, live a full life, but... I'm not supporting or condoning what Gordon did by any any means, but it doesn't make sense to me because the kids saw him, they know roughly where he, they were brought to, and they were just let go to go home. Like, theoretically, there's a good possibility that they remembered all of that and would have been able to tell their parents, tell the police officers, and he could have gotten caught a lot sooner. So it was kind of careless on Gordon's part. Anyway, so Sanford told all this to his sister, Jessie, and I guess when she did leave the ranch, I'm not sure how long she was there for visiting Sanford. Um, I can imagine how difficult it was for her to leave him there, but I think uh, on her part, she wanted to, to make it appear as though nothing was wrong, so that way she could ensure Sanford's safety. So when she did get back to Canada, she went to the RCMP fairly quickly. I read in some places that she went right away. I read in some places that she went about a week later. I don't know. But the important thing is she did go to the RCMP, uh, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, for those who are not Canadian and don't know what that is. And she told them about everything that her brother told her. She told them about the crimes, the abuse, all of it. She told them everything. So because it was an out-of-country crime uh, or issue, the RCMP told the LAPD. The LAPD decided that it was more of an immigration issue than their issue, just because Gordon and Sanford are from Canada. Well, Gordon's family and Sanford are from Canada. So then the U.S. immigration officers went to the Northcott Ranch and arrived near roughly the end of September. Upon arrival, Sanford was immediately taken into police custody. And before the inspectors actually arrived, um, I guess somehow Gordon knew that they were arriving or that they were coming. And he actually told Sanford that if he says anything, he's going to kill him. So Sanford was very reluctant to share anything when he was taken into police custody. But eventually he felt safe enough with the inspectors that he told them everything. And he also told them that Gordon was hiding in the woods with a gun. Taking into consideration what Sanford told them, the police ended up doing an uh, investigation into the case, obviously, and they were able to 
searched the grounds. They found bloody dirt, several shallow grave sites where they found uh, ankle bones, fingers, um, hair, clothing. Um, I heard fingernails, just stuff like that, but not complete bodies. They also found a bloodstained axe and hatchet. And Sanford told them that that's actually what Gordon used to murder the boys, to dismember their bodies and also to kill the chickens. Sanford provided information as to where investigators could find uh, the remains of some of the boys. And when they looked in those areas, the investigators did discover the bodies of Walter Collins, who was nine, and the two Winslow brothers, who was 12 and 10. Uh, Lewis was 12, Nelson was 10. And the unidentified fourth victim, they'd all been murdered at this location, and they were exactly where Sanford said they would be. There was no complete remains found. Like I said earlier, what helped them identify the bodies was the personal effects, uh, like the clothing, um, shoes, uh, hats, etc., that the parents identified as their sons. Investigators suspected that Gordon actually had help from his mom, Sarah, in the killing and disposal of these boys, in addition to Sanford. And they believe that there was a lot more, based on the amount of body parts or remains that they found, there was actually 51 parts of human anatomy that was found at the ranch, like in these little graves. And it was suspected that whatever remains that were not buried were brought to a different location and burned. Once this all started coming to light, Gordon and his mom Sarah actually fled to Canada, where they were found and arrested in BC. During the trial, Sanford and Sarah confessed to witnessing the kidnapping, molesting, beating, and killing of the three boys. While awaiting for the trial, Before being brought back to L.A., Sarah confessed to the murder of Walter Collins and then later recanted her confession. And Gordon admitted to killing 18 or 19, maybe as many as 20 boys, but then, like his mom, he too recanted his confession. Eventually, Gordon and Sarah were brought back to L.A., and after they got to L.A., Sarah again confessed to killing Walter Collins. Superior Court Judge Morton sentenced her to life in prison on December 31, 1928. She served her sentence at a state prison, and she didn't face the death penalty simply because she was a woman. While she was serving her time in prison, Sarah began to make a string of ridiculous claims. On top of saying that Gordon was innocent, she would say that he was her grandson and the illegitimate son of an English nobleman, that he was a product of incest, Things like this, and they just kept getting more ridiculous as they went on. Like I said earlier, Gordon Northcott was suspected of killing upwards of 20 boys, but the state couldn't prove it. So when he was brought to trial for the murders of the two brothers, Lewis and Nelson Winslow, and the fourth unidentified victim, Gordon's trial turned out to be a gong show. He represented himself after firing various different defense attorneys. He put himself on the stand, he would ask himself questions, and he would answer those questions as if he was answering some, like an actual other person asking him those questions. Like I said, it was an absolute gong show. And finally, after 27 days, he was found guilty and sentenced to death by hanging. 
While he was in prison, he did his very best to waste police time and resources by saying that he would help police find the location of other boys, and then he would back out of it the very last minute, and then he would say he was innocent, and then he would claim that he was guilty and say that he would help them find the bodies of the boys. He just, he bounced back and forth, and he would, like I said, he would waste their time and waste their resources. What he did do is give the names of these wealthy pedophiles that he rented the boys to, And I hate that I even have to say it like that. I hate that I even have to say that he rented boys to pedophiles. That is just disgusting. He is absolute garbage. But I digress. I'm going to quote Murderpedia for just a second. There's a small section of an article they wrote on this saying that Warden Duffy recalled his conversations with Northcott as a lurid account of mass murder, sodomy, oral copulation, and torture so vivid it made my flesh creep. It's things like this that just really irk me. Gordon looked as though he was normal. He didn't look like a super bad guy or anything like that. It just, things like this just, like I said, they just irk me because you're looking at this person and they're displaying this facade that they have this mask on and they're showing you who they want you to see. But we never really know who's behind that mask. What is actually going on in their mind? What are their true intentions? It's just, oof, it's creepy. It creeps me out. (laughs) Anyway, so on October 2nd, 1930, he was hung at the St. Quentin State Prison when he was 23 years old. Now, in the movie, and uh, there was another website that I saw, I can't quite remember it right now. Um, They said that he begged for somebody to pray for him. And I don't think... A single person did, aside from his mother, who um, I read, I read a couple of things. I read that she was paroled and let out. And I also read that she died in prison of old age. So I, I don't know what to make of that. So I think it's safe to assume that his mom would have said a prayer for him if she was alive at the date of his execution. So as far as Sanford Clark goes, uh, he wasn't actually charged with murder, but he was sentenced to five years at Whittier State School, which is now known as Fred C. Nellies? Nellies? Nellies. Fred C. Nellies Youth Correctional Facility. And after 23 months, he was released and deported back to Canada, where he eventually served in World War II. He worked at Canada Post for 28 years. He married and he and his wife adopted two sons that they raised together. And he actually passed away in 1991 at the ripe old age of 78. As I said earlier, there were different events that came out of this spree, this 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 case. And um, if you haven't seen the movie The Changeling, some of these events were that the corruption of the LAPD was actually brought to light, and uh, they did a really good job of depicting it in The Changeling, which came out, I believe, in 2008, which is crazy to think about because that's like 12 years ago. But anyway, it sparked outrage in the Los Angeles area, and it caused huge change in how things were, con- of how, um, well, yeah, in how things were conducted and, and that sort of thing. And like I said, I can go deeper into that in a different episode. Um, but there was also, because of these murders, and because of the fact that there was so much negativity surrounding this case, and uh, the negative connotations from the case to the city or town of Wineville, 
they actually changed their name to Miraloma. I think that's how to say it. Um, anyway, yeah, they changed their name so that way they can kind of shed the history of Gordon Northcott and what he did to those little kids at his chicken ranch. Now, like I said, there was a lot of conflicting information from all the sources that I had, but I did my very best to bring everything together in an entertaining, informative way for you guys, and I hope that I was able to do that successfully. So let me know what you thought about the case itself. Um, We could discuss what you thought of the Changeling movie as well, but I think that'll be like in the next part two episode of this kind of topic um so yeah so make sure you visit my instagram my handle is that canadian podcast or you can go to thatcanadianpodcast.ca and you can find today's episode which is episode number 20 and you can leave a comment and tell me what you thought if you think that sarah should have gotten a harsher punishment should sanford have gotten a harsher punishment i want to hear your thoughts i want to know and also while you're on the website don't forget to find the link on the homepage so that way you can be brought to the Canadian Cancer Society donation page and you can make a small donation or donation of any size in memory of my nephew, Matthew. With that being said, that wraps it up for today. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. This has been That Canadian Podcast. I am that Canadian. Stay safe out there. <laughs>